previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. I got you six <laughs> followers today, I think. I saw that. I, I was keeping track of that. I was like, okay, wow, here's, here's the reach the of this show is so vast. It's great. <laughs> anyway, okay, let's go question. back before we run out of time. Okay. So, second bus story. So it's almost like I'm trying bus. to avoid this story because it's it's a little bit. Uh, to the loyal littles podcast and as they say third time's a charm welcome back simon to the show how are you doing hey simon? hey oh hey. so good i'm back in new york city delighted Ooh. to be quarantined yep it's very nice excellent and as always we have roxy with us hey everyone so this is actually a fun little side inside story you guys actually live across the street from each other right we do, we do. Wow, Simon actually I helped me get this place. Wow. I did. So, I did. Yeah. I just saw a random posting. I was like, you should be my neighbor. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Whoa. Okay, that's creepy. You should be no, my uh, neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> it was meant to be creepy, so you're correct. Oh, all right. So we're gonna we can't start this podcast off without talking about some playoff football. We're not gonna what go the too fuck much into Chuck? Wait. Who's that? <laughs> Who's Chuck? Chuck, are you Who's there? Chuck's here. Uh, in. You guys couldn't block me out long enough. Tiny Chuck is back. Tiny and Chuck has got ever. the password to the phone. Wow. All right. We are in trouble here. All you loyal littles. Welcome back to the show. Tiny Chuck. That's right. Back up in this mug. <laughs> what? Well, this, is really, this is really awkward. I'm, I'm so sorry. You know, I didn't think we were going to have to do this at the same time. Oof. Well, now hopefully wow. you two the will get along. just got a little bit bigger. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> all right, let's talk a little bit. We're going to let the pros on the big show talk about all the playoff football. But wow, I mean, we do have to talk about. I love this new format. What do you guys think? Six games, three Saturday, three Sunday, football all day long. I loved it. What do you guys think? Um, I I liked it, but I couldn't really get a whole lot done around <laughs> here because. <laughs> You were watching football all day. Yeah. Now, Chuck, what was it like for you? Because your team wasn't even in it this weekend because you uh, had the bye, the beloved yeah. number one seed. I'm a fan of it, too. I, I like the, having the one bye per conference instead of the two. And I think it makes for uh, a little bit more dramatic, obviously, uh, games and weekends. And um, I think it turned out pretty fantastic. So we'll see if they stick it around for sure. Now, for all you hardcore fans, we will be going into this in depth on our other upset special podcast so check that out later this week we will go into all the games break down all next weekend's games as well simon now who is your favorite team again well you see i firstly i love this new format because on one hand it means you can't do anything on the other hand it means you can go and do something and come back and you can still watch football so like that made me happy <laughs> Um, Very true. Absolutely. Uh, as a as a Bengals fan, I was just delighted <laughs> with how things turned out with the Steelers. So ah, I, that's couldn't, right. I couldn't have been happier. I mean, just it was just magic. It was the best thing I've ever seen. Now, Simon, this is a good question because obviously there's this major interstate rival now between the Bengals and the Browns. So you're still now it's it's just it doesn't matter though because they beat Pittsburgh. Now, if they had beaten say Kansas City, would the feeling be the same? Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's because it's the Steelers, but I, I'll be gotcha. honest, I, I've never, because the Browns have always been so bad, as have we, like, I, I've never had, I've never cared that much about whether the Browns, I, I respect the Browns for being just as bad as we are, you know, so like, <laughs> that's kind of, but anytime, oh, when the Steelers, oh, just, it was just so good to see the Steelers get trounced. I mean, just brilliant. <laughs> no fans of the Steelers are going to like me, but I don't care. It was just that well, first snap. Brilliant. It's fair. You're you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan, and you've gone through much suffering over the years and decades, for that matter. My gosh, have you even had a team since the Icky Shuffle? Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, oh, boy. boy. Do we? Man, uh, yeah. I mean, I was born what '85, so I think that was that was the height of the Bengals <laughs> when, when I was born. So yeah, right. yeah. the only thing I have to say about that game is specifically is careful what you wish for. And I swear I'm not going to go into this because I know I've trounced on this topic t two episodes in a row. Now, Chuck, you weren't around for this, but I've been sticking up for uh, Peterson, Doug Peterson, the now fired Doug Peterson. Mm -hmm. uh, but Steelers, I would like to remind you that had you not tanked. Yes, I said tanked in week 17. You might call it resting your players. But had you not tanked in week 17, you could have put the Browns out of the playoffs. 
Instead, because you needed to rest your players, you let your division rival into the playoffs and then they mopped you up. So all I'm saying is the Bills did it to Miami. They trounced them in the last week because they knew better. They were like, Miami's a dangerous team. We're not even letting them anywhere near the playoffs. They got the job done, and I don't know. That's yep. a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not to and, mention that Pittsburgh just was doing all that trash talking anyway. So, oh, yeah. You know, it was oh. even better to see them like Mwah. eat some crow. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Anyway, Roxy, now the last couple episodes, we've kind of been teasing some shows. We might need a new segment, and it's either going to be called Things They Won't Say on the Big Show or the mystery TV theater. I don't know. Anyway, Roxy, tell us what you, now you're saying you stumbled upon this? I did. I I went on Netflix the other day, just trying to find something different to watch. And I found this show called History of Swear Words. And I thought, oh, this looks interesting. I watched the trailer. First of all, it's hosted by Nicolas Cage who is, I I love him. I think he's awesome. Each episode is only about 20 minutes long and they dive into the origins and the developments and the changes and evolution of different swear words. And I'm like, well, this is kind of brilliant. I'm almost done binging it and it's been pretty great. You're not going to, you're not going to tell me what you're texting, are you? No, I'll tell you. I'll tell, I'll tell our I mean, because Roxy, if you don't, I will. It's going to be much more fun coming from you. And well, it's no, going to be just I... nonstop bleeping. But OK. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, you want me to say that part? Yes, I want you to say okay. that part. That's the whole point of this story. This is amazing. To me. Okay. Now, you're saying now let's go back real quick. Seriously, this is on Netflix. This is an actual show. This is an actual show on Netflix. Yes. And how many seasons? How many episodes do you even know? There is. Well, let me count the number of swear words that they've used okay oh so wait so each episode is a different swear six episodes yes each episode is dedicated to a different swear word Mm -hmm. and And just how these words used to were originated to not have negative connotations or be quote swear words but they developed into that over time okay so so for the integrity of these writers uh we are going to say the titles of the episodes real quick because there's only six so yeah. I'm giving you plenty of warning. If you have children in the car, if you have children with you right now, you might want to turn the volume down for about 10 seconds. Roxy, read off the episode names. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Quick. Damn, pussy, dick, bitch, shit, and fuck. <laughs> All right, Roxy. Wow. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm blushing okay. over here. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Okay, so Chuck and Simon, have you even heard of this? Do you have any idea what she's talking about? No, I don't know anything about this. Show. I've I've seen an episode of this show, and Whoa. it was fuck episode, and <laughs> it's very very enlightening. To yeah, you. right. The funny thing is, is that you have all these scholars with these very high degrees teaching at these very prestigious universities and and places, and they're just dropping f bombs like it's just a word, whatever. <laughs> There's, there's one woman who I think is probably one of the sweetest people in the world who is talking about these words and she's saying these words, but she's also got this sort of little giggle behind yeah. it. And I just think it's the cutest thing in the world. Yeah, she's probably got like eight kids and, you know, and yeah. a man and she's so sweet mom. And then she's just like, Dropping her breath, like... Yep. <laughs> Simon. What the hell is happening right now? <laughs> I, I, I'm so lost. I just this is like, th- this is worse than mayonnaise on grilled cheese, I think. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, Simon, obviously we have some catching up to do because we have no idea what these two are talking about. Sounds interesting, but we're going to have to get a sponsor for this segment because this is like crazy. So we're, <laughs> we're going to have to come up. Littles, write in WTFCpodnet at gmail.com if you have a name for this segment. We're going to just start digging into Hulu and Netflix and find some random new TV show or series that we can recommend. I do have one little, one more tidbit that I want to get out to the littles about this show, which I found very interesting. They had said at one point during the season that if you were to stick your hand in a bucket of nearly freezing water, you would actually be able to hold your hand in that bucket up to 50% longer 
if you were swearing throughout, then if you <laughs> didn't swear or tried to use other language, other words that weren't swear words. Oh, come uh, yeah, on. Be Are you serious? That's true. That's science. Longer. Wow. I believe it. That's science? I, I think I believe this, even though it sounds I believe crazy. It. They even equated it to when a woman is in labor, just how it's so much better and more satisfying for her going through it if she swears than if she's saying, oh my gosh, this, hurt, this hurts so much, or oh, I'm pushing, I'm whatever. No, it's, <laughs> I, I think it's true. I, I don't know. Gosh darn it. Rats. <laughs> it just doesn't Rats. have the same feeling behind it yeah son of a biscuit what else we got <laughs> come on okay that's it i'm going to make a grilled cheese with mayo i can't take this anymore uh oh actually real quick before we take a break and get to our our guest we have a big announcement for all the littles out there this is a save the date get your pens out write this down saturday august 7th there is hopefully, now, of course, this is all COVID pending and all this stuff, if it can be safe and everything, but that is the tentative, I'm going to say tentative, date for the Summer of the Littles 3.1. So we're very excited. You guys probably don't know anything about that, but I'll explain that to you off air. But Littles, mark the date, tentative, August 7th. It's a Saturday, Summer of the Littles 3.1. All right, well, let's get out of here. All you loyal Littles, stay tuned because it's time to meet the Littles. being played in today by Dr. Frederick Grant and this song is called A Storm Is Coming. This is the first time Fred has had his music on our show so we're excited about that. If you want to get in touch with Fred you can or excuse me Dr. Fred you can get in touch with him at fred at ifredmusic.com that's fred at ifredmusic.com let me spell that quick it's fred at I-F-R-E-D-M-U-S-I-C dot com. And as always, we will play the full song A Storm is Coming at the end of the podcast. A storm is coming A new age is forming Alright, all you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the littles. And all the way from Washington, D.C., we have with us today Mr. Jeff Stevens. Welcome, Jeff. How you doing? Hey, everybody. I'm doing fantastic. Hope you all are, too. Now, how we usually start this, first, we usually turn it over to you. Tell everyone a little bit about yourself and introduce you to all the loyal littles out there. <laughs> sure. Uh, love to. Uh, uh, so I'm Jeff Stevens, as uh, previously mentioned. I've been a little of a, of a form for a very long time. So growing up in D.C. or in the D.C. area, I'm actually from Northern Virginia. I don't live too far from Mike from Burke, actually. But uh, I read Tony going back to at least the mid, late 80s, something along those lines. I read the bandwagon columns as they were coming out because I was a huge fan of the Washington football team. So I loved his columns, always loved the sarcasm. The guy is a fantastic writer. When I met him, which was the second Jingle Fest that he came to, the one thing I wanted to make sure that I told him was that I loved his writing because I know how important that is to him. But yeah, so I've lived around here forever, loved Tony's work. I started listening to, I, I was always into sports radio and into uh, podcasts. And somehow, I don't know how, I missed that Tony had a radio show. I don't know how. <laughs> I knew he was on TV, but I missed that he had a radio show. And so I missed all of the ESPN stuff. I missed all of the, they talk about the internet show and all the things they would say off air. And I'm like, God, I wish we had recordings of that. Mm -hmm. Rumor is that Claire has some. But anyway. Uh, so, uh, we, we said her name already. We're only three <laughs> minutes in. <laughs> oh, I, Claire, I would totally apologize, except... I don't regret it. So, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Robert yes. Berg was like, well, Claire, that's too bad because yes. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Love Claire. Yeah. Uh, um, who doesn't? Uh, right? uh, so I missed all of that. And uh, I missed all the uncensored stuff, which would have been hilarious. But uh, picked up the podcast something like 
2011, 2012, and obviously fell in love with it because it's it's mostly Tony being Tony, which is which is wonderful. He's not quite as biting and sarcastic as he was in his style columns, but I'll take it. I actually own all three of his column books and have forever, uh, and I keep kept meaning to get them signed at some point, but it's, it's not really about that for me, at least. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just that I, I enjoy his work. So used to do a little bit of podcasting myself back in 2006 when podcasting was. Uh, I'd like to say any uh, any schmuck with a microphone could grab one and make one, <laughs> which seems to be the case of COVID as well. Some were better than others, but uh, and a lot of you probably know me from the uh, from the Facebook group uh, that we have the little. I'm sure it's been mentioned before. Somehow got roped into being one of the admins on there. So uh, yeah, all right. Summer. Well, now now we get to start dissecting some of this. I don't know if I want to <laughs> go from fo- backwards forwards or. Well, let's do that real quick, because we actually had Karen Comiskey on earlier. Oh, and, uh, Yeah. And, well, if you listen to the podcast, you would know that, Jeff. And okay, let me stop. I feel like I'm going like to start, keep going. No, okay, yeah, let's start there. Let me stop because you there. Look, look, we're, we're totally fine. We're just joking. But I did find it hilarious that you were very upfront and said, no, I do not listen to any of them. When I asked you to come on and you were like, maybe I should start doing that or whatever. But you, you were happy that I had Claire on first. You did, yes. you did pay us a compliment for that. You were like, well, I definitely would not have, never have listened. What, what, what are your words? Go ahead. I don't remember exactly what I said, okay. but you, right. you contacted me relatively early, and that was very gracious of you. And, um, and I said, well, you got to start. It's something like you have to start with Claire, because when I hear the word <laughs> connective tissue, Claire is like at the center of that. Absolutely. I won't embarrass her further than to say that because I think it kind of says everything. So I'm I'm delighted that she was first. The reason I didn't listen to the pod, there's two reasons I didn't listen, haven't listened to the podcast yet. Well, three, if I'm honest. One is I'm a little lazy. Uh, two, <laughs> two is that a book that I adore, uh, the next book in a series I adore, the uh, the Stormlight Archive, if anybody cares, just came out around the same time you guys started this. So I've been listening to that and almost nothing else. Uh, gotcha. For a while. And then once I agreed to this, I was like, well, I should go back and listen to some. No, why don't I go in sort of raw, unexpected and be completely honest? And then I'm going to binge the hell out of them when, I, when I'm done. So okay. That makes sense. All right. So now I'm going to jump back ahead. And so, as I said, we had Karen on the podcast because she was one of my other choices, because there are so many people that would love to dive into a topic with a monitor for the Facebook groups. And that was part of the reason. And Karen actually went into it a little bit and it had a really good explanation of what you are all trying to do with keeping the flow, keeping it smart and funny and blah, blah, blah. But obviously, because Jeff, uh, I don't know if you even know this, you probably do. You've taken at least probably three or four of my posts down in, 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 my, in my world. <laughs> and most times not it's surprised. not... It, it's not intentional. I don't, because I look, I don't mean to make the world harder than it is. You have rules, whether we agree with them or not. Your rules. Interesting and, terminology. Well, that's a good point. So let's even go dive even further. I don't even know where these groups started. I don't know who started them because I like you, and I, I won't go into it because we can't, it's always tricky. What what stories did I tell on the podcast yet and which ones I haven't? I feel like that's <laughs> that's that's me having a Tony moment. Anyway, so the point is, I was late to these groups. I was late to all this stuff. So I don't know who started the group. You say, now this that was an interesting comment. You said how you stumbled upon becoming a monitor. How did that yeah, all happen? Well, yeah, so the history uh, kind of goes like this. I, I think the group's about five years old, maybe four. I don't remember exactly. Okay. But just when the when... I don't know what the catalyst was, but it happened coincidentally. Two groups popped up on Facebook about Tony. One was the, the group that we have now, and another one was one that, uh, that Claire had actually founded. And they sort of, just before I got involved, they got together. They said there should only be one group. And there were two gentlemen who started this group, Anthony and Carlo. And then Claire merged the group in, and it was a few hundred people at the time. And wow. I said, hey, guys, if you need any help, let me know. And they said, well, we need another admin. And so I became the fourth admin on the group. And over time, obviously, that's changed. Uh, Carlo is technically the senior admin, so to speak. So if, if everything, uh, I don't know what, if he has any powers that anybody else doesn't, but it is what it is. Uh, Carlo's in Japan now and oh, wow. pretty much inactive at this stage. So it got down to kind of me and I think it was me and Carlo or something along those lines. Because Claire moved on and she said, started her smart and funny. I don't want to 
Exactly. She started the Smart and Funny group because she wanted a slightly more curated space because she felt that it was getting a bit crazy. But somewhere around about a thousand, maybe fifteen hundred people or something along those lines. We started to have this problem, and I'm sure that Karen went into this about every post. It seemed was about one of the things in in Rule Six, and Rule Six is basically no Uranus jokes, no speedometer, no bathrobes, stuff like this. It was like every post was that. And it mm-hmm. crowded out all of the interesting posts, mm-hmm. you know, all the, this is what we think about the show. This is what we love about the show. Here's a sports thing that we're interested in. Tony talked about this, that, or the other. It crowded all of that out. And that's why we made rule six. Oh, it was, it was actually, and I won't blame him for it, but somebody else said the idea and he put, he, he put it fantastically well. He said, a lot of the things that are on the show are funny because Tony says them because it's Tony who says them. They're not oh, always sure. funny when other people say them. And like I yeah. said, it got too big. So, so that's kind of the philosophy there. I was actually looking back. A lot of people get this impression that we delete tons of stuff. I was actually looking back on what's been deleted. And very, very little actually gets deleted. It's about one every three or four days. So there's not really all that much because we we obviously do want people. to. I mean, you know, the, the group is for everybody. And we love that yeah. part. We yeah. love connecting yeah. with each other. It's like anything else in life, you know, among friends. To one degree or another we give each other credit for positive intent we assume that everybody's just trying to have fun but yeah. so yeah this is what we, just what sometimes. absolutely yeah. it's just no, what I mean, we found works well for the group as a whole five thousand I mean, people how the heck right. that that's what you, know? you know jeff when you were telling that story and you said you know there were a couple hundred people and i just i i don't know if you heard my reaction i was like wow and I, that was simply because i'm like Look at how much this has grown over the last five or six years. I mean, that's yeah. just incredible. All right. So, Jeff, have you ever written a jingle for the show? Oh, no. I am uh, I'm as left-brained as they come. I don't have a creative bone in my body. It's not totally gotcha. true. Okay. Not very much. However, there's a whole sort of micro-community around the jingles. I don't know how they communicate or keep in contact with each other, but coordinate yeah. and talk to each other about what they're going to do and what they're going to make and all this oh, stuff, yeah. which is fantastic. I, I'm, and Joe and a couple, and Robert allude to it once in a while. And it's like, that's just a whole mysterious thing that we just get to see the results of. If nobody's been to the Jingle Fest, and obviously we didn't have any this year, and God, that, yeah. that sucks. But watching those people on stage perform songs we love and the reaction of the audience and, and, and the like is just electric, just a, an amazing energy that they do and they put their heart and soul into making it. Like I said, I've, I've had a little bit of an inkling of what goes into it. And it's, a, it's just amazing fun and amazing energy. Seeing Robert Berg do Balding Jordan Spieth live was just <laughs> the best. Wow. So I can only imagine. I'm so, so jealous. Yeah. We never got to one ourselves. So in so, 2021, hopefully we can, we can have one of those and, uh, you know, have a great time. So real quick, Jeff, one thing I wanted to go back to. Now you made it very clear that you owned all. You have all three of his books. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a. Is it? Oh, he might have more. How many books? He has the three. Now there's one other one. Yes, that there you, is. It's really hard to find, and I'm dying to get a copy of it. It's called The Baby Chase. That's right. And the Baby it was Chase. actually his first book. So I told. I mentioned earlier when I met. Tony might have been the first time, I don't remember, but it was the second Jingle Fest that he attended, and he was incredibly gracious, and he stood in the middle of this kind of, we we all stood 10 feet back and just walked up to him and said hi and stuff like this, but I wanted to make sure that he knew that I loved his writing, that I thought he Mm -hmm. was hilarious and that I missed it, and that was the main thing that I wanted to tell him, because to be perfectly honest with you, it's not actually that important to me to have things either signed or to take a picture with somebody. I did take a picture with Tony, but usually mm-hmm. what I want the artist or creator or whatever it is to know is I want to thank them and tell them that their work made an impression on me, mm-hmm. that it mattered to me because I, I feel like that is the best way that I can. That's the only thing really that I can give them because they've been giving to me for years mm-hmm. and a lot of it for completely free. And I want them to know that their work is appreciated and that they touched me or whatever. And I try to make that personal. And I think, and to me, that's more important than having it signed or getting a picture or whatever, because the memory to me is, is going to, is going to stick with me. Yeah. I might not remember exactly what I said. I might not remember what they said, but I remembered that experience. And so yep. that's the most important to me. And, and autographs and pictures are kind of a cool way to remember that. But that I think right. is, is what I try to do. Whenever I meet somebody, obviously having the privilege of living here and having had the the, the, per, the privilege and the pleasure of getting to go to Chatter a lot. I've met and talked with Tony a number of times, but what I can say is that what he says on the podcast about meeting people is true. 
he really does enjoy it. He, let's face it, the guy does like attention, but he is, as you say, very generous. He does actually enjoy it. He does get a lot out of it. He, he loves meeting people and hearing that we like his work. He does like engaging with us. He was extremely gracious to my son when doesn't listen or anything. He was like right. 11 at the time and, and was really nice to him. He really does enjoy it. It also, I can tell you, having seen some things, takes a ton out of him to do that. Yeah. But he still wants to. So if you ever do have the opportunity, and I'm talking to everybody, if you ever do have the opportunity to say hello and you're polite about it and, you know, all of the things that we all know, right, you know, absolutely. you don't want to be intrusive or whatever, please, he would generally love, genuinely love to hear from you, to hear that you had an impact, that he had an impact on your life. Take a couple minutes, obviously be polite about it, but he will be grateful for it. I think he loves to have his picture taken and that sort of thing. But of course, but I can tell. It takes its toll on him, and he is really tired afterwards, but he still absolutely loves it. And he wishes, he really does wish, that he could do it in front of an audience. He loved that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And there was a great energy there. Now, are you willing to go back to the baby chase? Absolutely. It was his first book. And I'll be honest, I haven't read it because it's, and if anybody doesn't know, it's about his struggles to have a child. And it's extremely personal. It's very emotional. I mean, I think we all know at least in our minds, even if we're not thinking about it at the time, that the people that we enjoy, the people we admire, the people we look up to are real people. And they have every bit of the depth of emotion and struggles and challenges and and the like that all of us do. And Tony, of course, he doesn't, he does, as far as I can tell, enjoy the attention. And of course, you know, we saw this in Listen Up, which, by the way, I, I, I watched recently and was was very interesting. It, of course, is based on his style columns. And his style columns were very much based on his life. And he gives you that little bit of insight into his life about how it works. And he's always making fun of it. But you can see underneath it that he's obviously, and I think most people are like this, a man of deep emotion. And he really does care about a lot of things. And there are things that are very important to him. And The Baby Chase is, as I understand it, I've read tiny bits of it really a very candid almost journal of what that process was like and it is hard to find i do have a friend who has a copy and has offered it to me but at least personally i don't i've decided that i probably don't really need to read that it is as i understand it a very emotional and sometimes very difficult read yeah Um, that's what i've heard and and while i like tony and i enjoy his work i don't particularly want to go on that journey myself <laughs> right, um, right you know and 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 that's okay I, there's nothing wrong with uh you know with with deciding what we want to what we want to read and what we don't and of course since it was it's almost 40 years ago 35 years ago something, yeah, something like that time, yeah i don't know how much it reflects who he is now uh other right. than that obviously and we see this in tony's own way how much he loves his kids right how important they are to him uh, as little as he uh, as he chooses to talk about Elizabeth, for example, you can tell that she's incredibly important to him. Sure. And uh, it brings up one other thing that's that I wanted to to mention is something that at least I love, and I mean love, about the Tony Kornheiser show, which is that while Tony is there's definitely a a limit to it, he does let us into his life. He does let us into what he's really thinking and how he really feels. Who else really talks about things like his neuroses around flying? You know, right. he makes yeah. you can see that he makes a joke out of it and he's being funny about it and he knows that he's being entertaining. But it's also something that's important to him. And I love that kind of honesty and self-awareness and the fact that he's funny about it all mm-hmm. together is probably the number one thing that I, I enjoy about Tony is the way that he talks about that. Old Guy Radio was always my favorite segment because it was about Tony. And ultimately, Tony is why we listen. Tony is why we enjoy it. And it's great to hear what he thinks thinks about sports. It's great to hear what he thinks about what his guests think about it. And he's a great interviewer, too. He asks fantastic questions. But Old Guy Radio is why I listen. And I miss that segment so much. Yeah, we all miss a lot of it. But, you know, the good news is he is starting to bring some of this stuff back. So hopefully we'll someday we'll get back into it. All right, Jeff, you can stick around for a little bit, right? Absolutely. Okay. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with Meet the Littles. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Roxy. As you may have heard recently on Tony's show, during the month of January, the Tony Kornheiser Show will be donating a portion of the sales from its online shop 
to benefit Rocco's warriors. You may recall that Rocco is Robert Berg's nephew who passed away at age two due to complications from leukemia. Rocco's Warriors was created to help families with the financial burdens of caring for a child diagnosed with cancer. So what are you waiting for? Go to shop.tonykornheisershow.com and get your show hat or show sweatshirt and help us help them with this great cause. And while we're at it, we'd like to remind you of some of the other Tony Kornheiser Show promo codes. Johnny O is still TK Lights. Harry's Me Undies and Seat Geek is just Tony, that's T-O-N-Y. And Brooklinen is Tony K Show. Say goodbye, Roxy. Goodbye, Roxy. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. We are lucky enough to have Jeff Stevens with us from Washington, D.C. So we've been hearing some great stories from Jeff, and uh, we just have some other more fun questions, but there's still some actually a little bit. Roxy, you wanted to ask Jeff a question. Yeah, I actually, a little bird told me that you might have spent some time on or around the stage. Is that true? It it is. I don't know if it still comes through, but I still kind of speak in the stage voice uh, most (laughs) of the time. (laughs) Well, it's funny. I was actually going to say a radio voice because you do. You have a really good radio voice. You're very kind to say so. I'm very jealous. I'm very jealous, Jeff. (laughs) I I spent so much time having directors, and most of this was in school, having directors talk about projecting and and the sort of thing that I just fell into the habit. And then I spent a lot of time in college and afterwards with people going, Jeff, lower your voice, lower your voice. (laughs) Hopefully I've moderated it a bit. Yeah, so uh, it started pretty early, actually back in in elementary school. And I was just kind of wondering, as I got a little older, what did I want to extracurriculars and stuff like that? just kind of floated back to it and had the most amazing time. I'm, I'm sure everybody here knows how great it is to be part of something, to be part of a group. It's it's kind of part of who we are as, as human beings. And I, I never felt quite as much part of something, part of a cohesive group of people bringing things, making something as I did when I was doing theater. You know, took took classes four years through high school and, and, and a little bit in college in theater. And so you had to act. So I had to be on stage. And so I had to, to develop the voice. And, and I was never particularly good at it. I sound good, but never really deep into a character I could go into why that is. But it's not all that interesting unless you're really <laughs> in acting. So I was never fantastic at it, but I enjoyed it. And it, it was it's, it's definitely confidence building. I actually sure. credit a lot of that experience being up in front of people with some of my moderate success. I mean, information technology and, but I'm good. I'm comfortable. I don't know if I'm good, but I'm comfortable standing in front of a bunch of people. If I was asked to stand up in front of my company, 1500 people and talk about what I do and what we're doing uh, at a moment's notice, I can do that. I feel comfortable with that because I've performed. I've technically performed at the Kennedy center. It was the stage, which only has 300 people in it, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I performed in, in relatively big venues that were full of students and you get comfortable with that. And it's, like I said, but the greatest thing is, is bringing that together as a, is yeah. seeing all the hard work that everybody puts into it and how that comes together and all the long hours and all the late nights and all of that. And it really makes you feel like very much a family, very close together, very connected. And I did, like I said, I was on stage for a while. I also did a bunch of lighting, which was a ton of fun as well. It's, it's kind of, it kind of leans toward my left brainness, like I said, but even that to see what the actors do and what they bring to it and what I would bring to it and what others would bring to it and the sound and the props and the sets and, and all that stuff was fantastic. And it's something that stuck with me forever and I absolutely love. And I still love live theater. Tony's absolutely right. There's nothing like live theater, nothing in the world. Yeah. Yep. So it's funny how you say how you're used to talking in front of crowds and you have no problem is because I actually have a friend who I did a tour with back in the day. She kind of got out of the business, so to speak. And, but what she does now is she has her own company and she gears it towards people like you and IT or just in general, where she coaches them on how to feel comfortable talking in front of big crowds. So like, like you said, when you have a presentation to give or something like that, it's a course she teaches on how to do that. Because a lot of people just take that for granted. Like, oh, I can just stand up in front of a a room of 300 people and start talking. Well, there's a lot of people that get nervous. Yep. And it's a great skill to have. Right. It's yeah. an incredibly useful skill. The story I didn't mention earlier was that I was about 26, I think it was, and I'd just been hired at a company. It's relatively small, 150, uh, but I was technically part-time on it. 
And we had like a three-person IT department and we had to present to the whole company, it was 150 people, what we were doing. And the other two people in the department didn't feel comfortable doing this. So I'm this part-time guy getting up and doing this presentation in front of a bunch of people. And it just comes totally naturally. I don't know how it is for you guys, but for me, what I learned, of course, well, first of all, when you're on stage and you have real lighting, you can't see Jack anymore. Right, you know? exactly. Right. Um, <laughs> so it's so easy to tune out the audience and to yeah. see it's really bright up there, it's really bright down there, and it's black in the middle. It's really easy to tune out the audience <laughs> to some degree. And for me, at least, I just keep doing that. You know, I'm looking over people's heads. And right. to me, my mind is, is on what I'm saying. And the one thing that I realized that I was kind of terrible about in this interview, but I'm trying to be a little better, is you're always, of course, talking faster than you think you are. Yeah. You know? And you got to slow down and it's just, and, and it's stuff like that, that you pick up on from, from being on stage. And just, as you say, if you've been on stage for an extended period of time over and over and over again, it's just, it's natural. Yeah. But right. the other one that I always remember, I don't know if this is true, but it always comforted me, is they said that Olivier before he went on stage would get physically sick to his stomach mm-hmm. every time even though he's one of the greatest actors of the 20th century, everybody's nervous. The difference is you go on anyway, but you're still nervous. You may have yeah. done it a thousand times. You know it cold, but you're still nervous. I don't know if you guys Absolutely. have that. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, yeah. It, I think being a little nervous is actually a really useful thing to have when you're about to go out on stage or about to present something at work or whatever, having those little bit of nerves is useful and important to have. But also, again, like you said, being able to know that that's something brewing inside of you, but you still go out anyway, the show must go on, you still need to focus on the task at hand and get it done, you know. And Um, I've never, I've never been a musician. You're, you're right. And I, but I feel like this is similar, which is you get in a groove. I know what I'm doing. This is what I practice. This is what I know. And it's just, there's a rhythm to it, whether it's acting, dancing, singing, I've done a little bit of, you know, you always have to do a little bit of music, but never real jam sessions that look like they're incredibly fun. Yeah. But you get in a groove, you know, yeah. you know what you're doing and the yeah. audience fades away and you're just focused on, I know this and it feels oh, great yeah. to just do it, to do something you know you're good at. Right. Yeah, as a dancer, the number of times I am waiting in the wings about to go out on stage and I say to myself, I know these steps, and then I go out there and do it. It's You You have that moment, you have to just trust yourself. You go through this entire rehearsal process for the purposes of learning, messing up, and fixing things and getting to the point of confidence where you can go out there no matter what and trust that you know what you're doing mm-hmm. and just do it. And don't you love it when it's so, you know, what you're supposed to be doing is so automatic yes. that when something goes wrong or something goes a little weird that you can adapt to it almost instantly because Absolutely. my, my, at least for me, my conscious brain, I don't need my conscious brain for this because I've done this. I know this part. My conscious brain can go, okay, what's a line I can come up with? Cause like I said, my performing background is, is acting mm-hmm. as amateur mm-hmm. as it was. My conscious brain can go, what's the line that can get back on? on track here you know, <laughs> yes. because everything else has been automatic what i one of the other things boy you're taking me back one of the other things <laughs> i loved was performing and seeing all the mistakes that get made and then you go during intermission because like i said this is school theater so everybody saw yes. or afterwards and people are like that was amazing that was fantastic and you just <laughs> snicker and you're like yeah we messed up 20 times right. and it right. feels so but amazing right see it well, yeah, it's, it's funny. A, it, it is amazing how when you're in the moment, it feels like it's such a big deal. But if you have the chance to watch or you, like you said, hear other people who've watched say that was amazing, you sometimes forget how much mistakes that may seem big to you are actually super small and get swallowed up by the time the audience registers it. Yeah. They don't see it. It just and- it happens so quickly. And, and if I may know. try to get this back to sports related and it's perfect, it's a, no, cause it's a perfect analogy. And sure. Jeff, you, Jeff, you don't know this cause you haven't really listened, but we try to keep the golf talk to a minimum on the loyal littles. Podcast. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're one of those. That should be a question, Roxy, in our, in our question. That so, should be. but mm-hmm. it is, you know, pretty much, I don't want to say anybody can hit a golf ball. Okay. And have good shots. The difference between pros and amateurs. And I think Michael would agree, uh, is how quickly you can recover. 
Yeah. And Jeff, Jeff, you're basically saying the same thing with theater. Same thing. It's like, like you said, you're on autopilot, but when you know there's something, you make the mistake, but it's how quickly you can recover so that the audience doesn't even know it was a mistake. I think yep. that's a huge yeah. part of it. But honestly, the other thing is, and golf's a fantastic example of this, is anybody can hit a hole-in-one once. Anybody can hit eagle once. Anybody can hit par a few times. The difference is how consistently you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, right, of course. You guys yes. are professionals, and I expect, Roxy, particularly what you do, you can be amazing one night and off the next. But if your off nights are once every 200 performances, that's amazing. Yeah, you know, right. that's the difference. That's true. And especially at the top level, it's the little mistakes that distinguish because there's a thousand, there's a million people out there who desperately want to do that thing, yeah. you know, because they mm-hmm. love it and they genuinely love it and they're good at it. But are they great? Are they amazing? Those are the right. people like you lucky people. <laughs> get paid those, <laughs> you know? So Jeff, real quick, we never got around to this actually. So are you originally from DC? You born and bred down there? I saw a, a phrase a while back that I thought was hilarious, which is, I wasn't born in Virginia, but I got here as quick as I could. Oh, um, <laughs> oh that's great. I like that. I was, I was actually born in Maryland and, uh, oh, okay, and, so close by. Uh, when I was about three years old uh, in so, Virginia. Pretty much haven't left except, uh, except for college. So do you have a favorite sport or team? Are you all Washington? Or? Pretty much all Washington. Um, right. I'll be honest with you, the Washington football team, so as I kind of alluded to earlier, so I'm 10 years old when they win their first Super Bowl and I'm 15, 14, whatever it was when they win their second and I'm 19 when they win their third. So one thing you learned about a little cocky there, did you? (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Apparently from what I've learned, the memories that you create between the ages of about 15 and 22 or so are the strongest that stay with you for the rest of your life because they're sort of the beginning of your pseudo adult development. So that's in my brain that's my emotional impression of what Washington football should be. And of course it's been nothing like that for 30 years. Right. So, and, and while I'm still a fan, it's really, really hard to be invested. It's really, really hard to, to care. And it's not just not doing well because there are Cleveland and Detroit fans, Jeff Flowers. I'm so sorry. Sure. You know? yeah, right. <laughs> even worse than we have. And they love their team and that's great, but it's also the ownership and, and yeah. all of the, the, not just the terrible things that appear to have been done, to people, but also just the mismanagement. And it, it just is dispiriting. So these days I'm much more of a Capitals fan and it's not yeah. just on the cup. I've been a Caps fan since I was about 15. I'll never forget listening to the, to one of the longest games in history up to like 1am when I was in my teens against the Penguins. And that's why I still hate the Penguins. Sorry, Robert. Um, that's why I still hate the <laughs> that's one of my early memories, but I've always been a Caps fan. I love taking my son to games. I love going to games. Uh, as far as sports go, there's nothing like live hockey. It is the best live. It's terrible on TV, in my opinion, but mm. it's the best live. My story about that, by the way, the Caps, and this has been a cover photo, I think, on the group, was that I will never forget when the Caps won the Cup, partly, of course, because I adore it, but partly because I was with uh, Neil from Rockville, Mark Schaefer, Jen Babish, uh, oh, Bobby wow. Godfrey, at Shatter that night you oh know? wow and that, that would be uh, a great memory yeah we got so drunk it was fantastic that's <laughs> <laughs> an amazing time uh that night and they went up and was it five to one i think was the was the final score yeah, and you're just like, like it's in the third period and you're just like this is actually gonna happen right. are you serious we're actually gonna win this and wow. it was 20 minutes of at 20 an hour whatever how long it only takes of pure joy in a place that i love with people i love it was just it, the only thing that would have been better would be their life. So. Yeah. All right. See, Bobby, you're not the only one who name drops. So there you go. <laughs> I Let me tell you, that just made me so jealous. Those names, I mean, seriously, these are people I've never even met, and I'm jealous because I, all I, I feel like for years I've known all of you because of these Facebook groups. And that's why we created this podcast so that we could meet all of you. So this has been such a great time. Actually, we have t- we have two questions. I'm going to ask the first one. Most people, believe it or not, like to know this. Jeff, over or under? <laughs> over. And if you are under, you're a barbarian. <laughs> uh, I haven't heard your answers, and I don't care. You're a barbarian. <laughs> I cannot wait. If you do listen to the episodes, I cannot wait for you to hear yes. all the fun things yes. that we have to yes. say about this topic. And uh, we do pay one little homage to the uh, big show. Actually, we pay a bunch of them, <laughs> but 
One in particular is we'll get you out of here on this that I know a lot of people will be interested in. Roxy? Uranus jokes, always funny or never not funny. Never funny. Uh, <laughs> I had a feeling. You know, I had a me feeling. too. I, ha- I was in my heart was kind of hoping you would say always funny because then I could be like, see all you people that get mad at him for taking those down in the books. You know, he actually enjoys them, but he's following the <laughs> rules and he's taking them. <laughs> I am genuinely glad that other people enjoy them and enjoy them in a different group. Yeah, um, sure. But, um, I, I like anything that makes people most things that make people happy <laughs> and I'm glad that they do. And that's fantastic. I tell my wife all the time and she's been working on it for 25 years or 20 years, however long we've known each other, that I take myself way too seriously and it's true and I'm at least aware of it and I'm working on it. But that one just, no, it's never fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not the only one. And you some of the people the that I've oh. dropped. Absolutely, you're not the only one. one. <laughs> I mean, I to be honest with you, I I think the first one I ever heard was watching PTI, and to me, the funniest part was just seeing Mike Wilbon's reaction and how they they how feed much off of each other it. in that. How much he <laughs> loads it, like that's what made it funny to me. So <laughs> and, wait, are you saying that I'm agreeing with Wilbon about something? Wow. Oh, I, I may have are. to rethink my position. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> oh, headline. We buried the lead on that one. That's the headline. As soon as we get you introduced, we have to be like, and the one who agrees with Lil Bon, here's Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I've met anyway. Wilbon a couple I met Wilbon a couple times at Chatter. He's a oh, very here nice we go. guy. Okay. Yeah. Go not, ahead. Make it worse. Not to my <laughs> not to my taste. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, anyway. And I appear to be one of the only littles who doesn't actually watch PTI. Whoa. And the reason for that is obviously I love Tony, but it goes, but it's, it's something that I've said before, which is I love the Tony Kornheiser show because I love Tony and what, and, right. and Tony's experiences in his life and, and that sort of thing. And PTI is really about sports, you know, yeah. which mm-hmm. is great. You know, sports are fun, yeah. but I find that Tony's the most compelling about sure. it sure. to, to the show as opposed to watching PTI. Gotcha. Wow. Interesting. All right. Well, Jeff, we can't thank you enough. Is there anything you want to promote? Anything? Follow me on Twitter. It's uh, T Cardinal. That's T K A R D I N A L. Well, sure. Um, so, yeah. Got to give you a follow. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, we can't thank you enough for coming on. We really appreciate the time. I and... had a great time. I am very honored that you thought it was uh, uh, it would be entertaining to people for me to be on. I, Absolutely, uh, I a... and maybe you'll actually listen to it someday. You have I to will. at least you have to at least listen to your episode. That's all we ask. Oh, you have to at that's least the last to episode I would ever listen to. It. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, loyal littles. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And once again, a great interview. Thanks, Jeff, for coming on. It was so great to hear your stories and everything to do with the Facebook groups and especially your little insight on the baby chase. Uh, That's uh, something I've always wanted to get into. Hopefully someday I'll get a chance to read it. Looking forward to that sometime. Hey, everyone, it's time. Let's get to the news. Simon, you said you're back in New York City, right? I am, yeah. Just got okay, back well, uh, um, three or four days ago. Yeah. All right, well, well uh, I have some bad news. And you too, Roxy. Now, this won't affect me because I'm not there. And there is no subway in Nashville. Uh, Chuck, there's no subway where you are, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'll take that sure. as a note, Chuck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we got a subway, all right. <laughs> in, in Springfield, Mo. <laughs> Uh, well, the, uh, the big headline for this week is the No Pants subway ride has officially been canceled for 2021 due to the COVID-19. What? Yeah. The organizers of the that. No Pants subway ride, an annual January event held on public transportation in more than a dozen cities worldwide, announced that the 2021 event has been canceled. Improv Everywhere, the performance art group that has organized the No Pants subway ride since the first event was held in 2002 in New York City said this year's Sands Pants public transit trek has been canceled due to the pandemic. 
We look forward to hosting more large-scale events once it's safe to do so again. Previous years have seen organized groups of subway riders taking per-determined commuter train routes in their underwear in cities, including New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, London, Boston, Berlin, Calgary, Dallas, Mexico, Tokyo, London, Lisbon, St. Petersburg, Melbourne, and San Francisco. Yeah, I took pot in it. I want to say eight years. Stop it. Yeah, that's why I came back this time. If you had told me this news before I got on a plane, I I wouldn't be here right now. uh, All right, so all right, back up, back up. So wait, so this is, first of all, this is real? I have never heard of this. this is real. Wait, this is very, very real. It's the I no have no idea. And for some reason, they choose to do it in the coldest month, of course. That's yeah, I was that was my, ask, that was my why first question. Why would they do January? <laughs> it's terrifying, but I remember I had, I had just gotten out of like a long relationship. And if anyone knows me, I, I get, I'm just like the most depressed person in the world. I was like, I'm going to go out and just like do this fun thing. And I'm get probably going to meet, and I'm gonna meet fun people. Um, <laughs> uh, now, by the way, pants obviously means underwear. Pants in America means your trousers. So I only took my trousers off. And yeah, you all, I remember we all, like, there's just like a bunch of people randomly meeting at Union Square. And then you're like, oh, you okay, so, the, uh, for the pants. Oh, oh, so like, yes. Okay, yes, so yes, wait, wait, wait. Pants. So let's yeah. back up. So you go there in your pants. No, or do well, you just leave I, your apartment building in your underwear? How does this work? I mean, I, Take us through step like by step then. You could do either. I personally left wearing pants until I got to Union, because I went by myself. You know, I, most people go in groups because yeah, you're safer in groups, but I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna go by myself. Um, so I went wearing pants, you get Union Square, and then like like I said, you kind of whisper around like, oh, you're here for the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're here, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know. Uh, you're here for the like, hey, when do, we, uh, when do we take our pants off? And I was like, I, I, you gotta do it. You know, um, and so I did, I made, I made friends with, there was this, an Israeli guy, and then there was this, these two girls, and we, this group, and, um, and then, uh, and then suddenly everyone congregated, and someone with a speakerphone is like, "Okay, we're going to start now. Everyone, go down, down into the subway, and take your pants off." And that's what we did. And then you just ride the subway until the for how long? Oh, is this like I, an all-day thing, or is this a? No, I, they they tell you what stop to to get off at. I think that they have people going on all the different subways, so you're kind of put into different groups. You know, like you're going on the A train, you're going on the D train, right. and you just ride, and you're supposed to not acknowledge anyone else. You're just supposed to casually be there, right? Uh, just without without pants on, and um, so is this I just, like hey. uh, during rush hour or? Uh, no, I think it was night. Uh, I think it was the weekend. It was during the day. Okay. Uh, and, then, and is this like is is there a reason for this? Like, is this like a charity event? Do they raise money or anything? This is just to meet people in your underwear. Is that what this is about? Who's <laughs> got the stones to do it? Hey, I mean, I, I'm I, sorry. I don't mean to be so like, but I just, I this is okay. I never heard I think of this. It's performance, it's performance art, I guess, is what you would argue. But, gotcha. uh, but uh, I mean, yeah, I got to my stop that I was told to get off on, and I got off, and I put my pants back on and said goodbye to the Israeli and the two ladies, and uh, and that was it. So, you know, my goal of being like, I'm going to make all these new friends, and like, no, well, throw the subway without <laughs> trousers on. Well, that's the next question. The obvious follow-up is, so did you get any phone numbers signed? Like, what, how did this work out? Did you meet, uh, did, have, have you ever seen any of these people again? I've seen those three other people ever, ever again. I um, <laughs> That was just one of those moments, one of those very New York moments, I guess, where you have a weird experience and then that's it. So, well, I don't know. I'm thinking, It would you take know, me, it's... like, months to pick out what underwear I'm going to wear for the occasion. <laughs> Because you want something that's gonna, you know, accentuate certain things in a sure. positive way. And I think, where, yeah, I mean, if I did it again, I would be a bit more provocative. I think that I was a bit more conservative back then. I, but I, I did pick out just some plaid, lot like boxer shorts. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think mm-hmm. now I would go with like a more of like a boxer brief kind of situation than just pad it out. I think, but I, I wasn't sure what the vibe was. I wanted to play it. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. I'm thinking, forget Summer of the Littles. We should form a January Littles underwear group and do this next year if it's safe. Oh, gosh. You know, know, I was just going to say, if I were to do something like that, I would probably layer. And based on what what the crowd around me is wearing, (laughs) I would then, like, either keep all my layers on or like go to a certain layer and be like, okay, this is what I'm going with. Make the decision in the moment. 
Oh right, my yeah. god, that's so interesting. And, and maybe get some of those like basketball warm-ups where you could just kind of like rip them off real quick. Yeah, right. Back on. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, put your yeah. shoes on. Yeah. Put your shoes off. Uh-huh. Those but are like warm-ups January? or it's so cold. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, why isn't this done in July or August when that's what practically everyone's wearing on the subway anyway? I guess. Right, yeah, that's right. That's that is true. Point. That's probably the exact point. Is that like yeah, maybe. have the biggest to make it have the biggest impact, you want to Shock share time value. with people wearing lots of, yeah, lots of clothes. Sure. Yeah. Well, I it's like, have that. any of you ever done that polar, what are they called? The, the polar, polar plunge? Bear, the polar Oof. plunge? That's no. insane. Nope. I now, could never. Hypothermia, now, no thank you. Well, but Roxy, related story. Now, our, most of our listeners, are, if they don't, you are a rockette. That's one of the things that you all do. You take ice baths, like, we in do. between shows, right? We do, but... It's not like we're completely submerging ourselves. We're going up to, I would say the deepest we go is up to waist height. So we're basically just sitting in these buckets. I'm sure many of our listeners know that athletes do this all the time. Football players, baseball players, like everyone does it. The Rockettes happen to do it too. And my first time getting in an ice bath, I was not sure how I was going to like it. But I do have to say, once you get past the first minute, you're in there for 10 minutes. Once you get past the first minute, it feels so good, especially after a long, hard day's work. It is a really good thing for your bodies for recovery. So I am a huge advocate for ice baths, but I'm not an advocate for the polar plunge. Plus, if you if you cuss a lot, you can stay in there 50 percent longer. That is <laughs> definitely true. And all I'm going to say is I would rather have a grilled cheese with mayo than to get into an ice bath because yeah, there's no would. way actually now that i think about it the polar plunge i could maybe do because you don't stay in right you just jump in and get out right is that what right that, i don't even know right i don't but even know if that's how it is you're submerging your whole body you have to get your head wet too I well that's like fine that. i i just feel like if it's quick you get in get out that's different i mean you're talking about sitting in this and i know it's just yeah. half your body but that's just incredible all right i guess the biggest news item of the week and chuck we're just going to take it back seat in our minds we'll just sit here quietly and start getting ready for the upset special podcast that we're going to record <laughs> later this week. The news on the big show yesterday, Will Bond watches The Bachelor. How is that possible? Now, so Roxy, I, I'm thinking maybe you're not going to watch it now because of that news or now, and Simon, you're in on this too, right? Uh, yeah, I, I'll be honest, I still haven't caught up yet. So I'm very far well, it's behind. Well, what, and one I episode, also, right? Well, yeah, well it's I, two I, now. I have to catch up on the second episode. You know, I always felt like Wilbon and I would be able to find some sort of connection. <laughs> and I finally found it. It's The Bachelor. And I'm going to watch the show harder now, knowing that he is a fan as well. Okay, we're going to have to get to the bottom of this. But so you two, real quickly, give us your quick little what do we need to know because we will be following this a little bit i promised Rocky we would because there are probably some loyal littles out there that want to know what's going on with the bachelor now there's no aaron Rodgers nephew or something like that right you mean brother whatever no. i have no idea what i'm talking about <laughs> okay so who's so who's the bachelor are you impressed Welcome that i at least knew aaron Rodgers had a connection to the bachelor come on so the bachelor this season is matt james and he is actually making history as the first black person of color bachelor in oh. bachelor history. Um, now, what what history. team did he play for? What what uh what sports he team? Did is he is not a. <laughs> I okay, actually never. think he did. No, I actually think he did play sports in high school and college, but he's not known for sports. Now wait a minute. Let's go back. In all seriousness, and I, I we don't like to go political in any way on this podcast. But how long has this show been going on now? Since 2002, the first Bachelor was Alex Michelle. Okay. Yes, Alex Michelle. Yep. Chris Harrison, who is the. Chuck, <laughs> you have no idea who that is. <laughs> Chris Harrison, who is the host, has been the host from the very from the very beginning. Okay. Um, now, and he's in all sort of an iconic character. Sure, I even know who show. that is. Okay. Yeah. But wait, you're seriously telling me this is the first time they've had a person of color as the. The first time. For a bachelor they have had a a bachelorette okay. a few seasons ago that okay they're they're a, a little reprieved because that was just going to be the most yeah. ridiculous thing i'd ever heard of that's that's insane i mean yeah anyway okay let's not that's all we're going to say about that that's just 
Good yeah, for it's them, insane but that it's taken this long. Seriously, for I didn't realize it was on that long. Among the the cast members, so the people vying for the heart of the Bachelor or the Bachelorette. Oh, sure, sure. I'm I'm amazed at how long it has taken for there to be representation across the board and I'm pleased with their choices these last few seasons their casting it's better than it was they have a long way to go like the rest of the world but it's heading in a much better direction I will say that that's great but that's just that was shocking to me and I guess maybe it shouldn't have been shocking to me but I guess it was Uh, I don't follow it close enough so all right so what do you got you've only seen the first episode right I have, yeah. And the first episode is all about the introductions. He meets the women for the first time. I think there was 30 women, 32 women, something like that, who showed up at, they usually film at a mansion in California, but because of COVID, they are quarantining at a hotel and that's where they're filming everything. So normally their dates would be exotic dates that take you kind of all over the world, but now they're just sort of staying in one place because of COVID. So it's great that they're finding ways and creative ways to keep the show going and allowing love to conquer all. Um, so to speak. All right, now, now this is getting wow. out. Wow. All right. Sappy. It <laughs> no, is, all right, all right. and there's Let's... so much drama. It is a crazy, crazy, crazy show. Uh, it's a guilty pleasure of mine. I'm not always proud of it, but you know what? Whatever. It's it's okay. All right. It's so Simon, TV. Simon, you need to catch up. So she has someone to talk to about this because it will <laughs> no, not be me. You know, Maybe I will do that tonight. Maybe that's my goal. Now that I'm not going to do the pantsless subway ride, I can find time. <laughs> that's true. Get some extra time on your, your hands. Your schedule's yeah. opened up a little bit. <laughs> all right, Littles, that's all we got for you this week. Uh, Roxy, tell them how they can get in touch with us. You can email us at wtfcpodnet at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at loyallittlespod. Make sure you also check out our Facebook page, The Loyal Littles Podcast. Chuck, so can you tell us how to get in touch with us, Chuck? Yes, reach out and touch someone on the WTFC Podcast Radio Network. Oh, Anchor. oh no. <laughs> Chuck. I missed I have it written down somewhere. It's good to have hard. you back, Chuck. That's all I can say. <laughs> Simon, thank you for coming on again. Third time's a charm. Loving it. Yeah. Uh, Chuck, Woo! welcome back to the world. I don't know where the yeah. hell you went, but you were. I've been under a rock. I've been down in the subway in Springfield. Underground. <laughs> <laughs> With his pants off or on, oh, we don't want to know. Exactly. <laughs> Giving right. out roses. all right (laughs) you loyal littles thanks for listening we'll see you next time and remember if you're out shopping online tonight use the code i almost said coupon use the code over and if you are under you're a barbarian
The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. Oh, yeah.